Hey beautiful, you are listening to the Girl I Needed podcast and here we bring you the raw truth about what it's like to be a single Christian girl trying to do life God's way. My name is Dejanelle and here we get real, we get vulnerable, we speak and seek truth with the word of God as our source. I am so glad you are here. Let's get into this. Hi, my sweet, sweet friends. Oh my gosh, it's October. Honestly, nothing really, like October doesn't mean anything special for me, but it's just like, I feel like October is really when the the chilly weather starts to hit and it really like starts to settle that fall is here. But at the same time, I feel like October is like that that last month before we just get into everything Christmas. So I'm down for everything October. I don't sell off braid Halloween, but I feel like y'all know that. So it's like, like I said, October means nothing to me other than the fact that it brings in the fall. And, um, it's like, it, I'm like, I get that feeling that Christmas is so near. So I'm excited that it's here. And with that being said, I kind of took a break, prayed about some inspiration, God inspiration. And I am talking about something that I love to talk about, love to listen to people talk about. And I, cause it's all I know. It's all I know. And that is the topic of singleness. Um, I think, I think I'm one of the very few people in life that look at singleness as a gift, something that you should be used to blossom, something to grow yourself, um, an area of your life that I feel like you will never get back. Well, I know I will never get, as soon as I get married, I'm never getting back because when I'm married, I'm married forever. But anyway, (laughs) that's not the point, but it's like, I feel like singleness is sometimes overlooked. And whereas we, as normally when people walk in their singleness, they're not walking in it. They are running, trying to get to marriage. But I'm here to tell you, say it with me, everybody, relax. Relax. It's going to be okay. Relax. Take it easy. Know that, um, that you are in a season that some people who ran to the season of marriage, are they wishing that they had, Okay. They would like, they are like, man, I kind of wish I had t- really taken advantage of it to better myself, to be b- more prepared for this season that I'm currently in. Or so they wish they had like utilized the season that you're currently in, or they just wish they were in it again because they simply don't like what they ended up with because they didn't utilize the season. So they didn't even know what they want. They was just, they just said, ah, let me get it. Let me take what I could get because they were so focused on the actual season of marriage rather than how do I make myself better prepared for that season of marriage? How do I really realize what marriage, how do I use this season to realize what marriage really is and how marriage takes work and how marriage is a display of how marriage is very beautiful and displays God relationship with us, but it takes sacrifice. It takes selflessness. It takes patience. It takes faith. It takes so much prayer. Like these building blocks are the things that we should be building on now in our season of singleness to be better prepared, to be better wives, to be better husbands. And that is why I love the season of singleness because everybody knows this about me, but I love to be prepared. I love planning. I love to be prepared. I love how can I be better prepared? Give me more feedback. Give me more constructive criticism. Give me it so I could be the best version of Chanel. That's just me. That's who I am as a person. Some people are not like that. But me, honey, if you tell me this is my time to prepare, I'm going to say, this is a dress rehearsal? Say less. I'm going to show up. I'm a shout out. I'm a shine the best that I can, but I'm a really hone into this season. But all that goes to say, 
all that wraps up to say how much I love and enjoy my season of singleness. And that is why I'm so, I'm, I was like, Lord, I want to talk about this. And we, me and him were like talking about it for like weeks now. I felt like this was the thing I'm supposed to talk about. And I was like, like, I was like, man, when I talk about this, I want to really do it right. Because I really, like I said, I love this season. So I was like, I don't want to just do it and flop. Like I really want to do it and take it from a place where it's biblically sound, first of all, but also people can really hear my passion and hopefully be inspired by it. Now, with all that goes to say, before I jump into the story of Ruth and how we can learn from her as we walk through our seasons of singleness, is that I want you all to be thinking, oh, here, Deschanel is happy in singleness every day of her life because that would would make me a big fat liar. I am most of the time. So if there's 365 days a, a year, I think 340 of them, I'm happily single. The rest... Lord, where is my husband? Why is he taking so long? Why is he so slow? Why is he delayed? How can he not have passed me by now and see beauty and not fell to the floor and said, Lord, that is her. Like, I mean, I pass men on the street every day and they looked at me and didn't ask me on a date. Hello. And then I get asked on a date and I say, ooh, maybe not. Maybe not because I'm happily single, you know, but I feel like (laughs) <laughs> but I feel like that's just me. Um, but y'all know, I've talked about my affairs and stuff with going in a relationship simply because I know what marriage actually is and what it requires. Uh, my parents were very transparent with me growing up, which I value about what marriage truly is. And growing up, like I said, I always wanted to be married, always wanted to be a mom. But at the same time, it's like, I know that there's a time and a place for everything. And I know that that time, when I get there, I'll get there, but I'll but I'll, the way I'll be ready for it is if I take this season that I'm currently in, this, what I'm currently walking in, this gift that I currently have and use it and steward it well to my best ability with the help of the Holy Spirit. That's where I'm at. That's what I'm going to talk about. And we got to use Ruth to really say, you know what? Let's, that, that is what we should, that's, that's what we should focus to be like, or that's what we should imitate. All right. That was long. That was the intro. Like I said, thank you so much for being here, but let's get into this. Okay, so a lot of us know the story of Ruth, but I feel like when we look at it, we normally look at it as we're, like I said, we're running towards marriage. And we're like, oh my gosh, I'm going away from my Boaz. Calm down. Boaz is out there, but calm down, you know? But first thing, I want us to really focus on Ruth as a single woman and what she did to really be such someone we can really look to and admire and say, okay, how does she prepare before she met Boaz, even while she knew Boaz, what was she doing that made Boaz attracted to her? But also, what did she do so when her and Boaz were married? Like, we can see, like, she did those things. She had those characteristics. She had those traits way before she was a, 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 a woman, um, a wife. Oh, my goodness. Because I feel like a lot of times we... Um, we say, oh, well, I'll do that when I get married. Or, oh, I can't wait to do that when I get, a married, uh, get, when I get married. Or we start, we try to, a lot of people I see, I feel like they try to start things once they are married, but it would have been better or simpler to initiate or continue doing, let's say continue doing, if they had started when they were single, all right? So first thing we can learn from Ruth was that she never lost hope. We all know Ruth was married, then she lost her father-in-law, she lost her husband, and she had no kids. And at that time, when you didn't have no kids... Honey, your luck is buck. You are done for. We, wow. The widow, you're a widow? Ooh, honey, it's over for you. And, but the Ruth didn't let that phase her. She never lost hope in her future. 
She never lost hope in her season. We never see, we never hear or we never read about her. It wasn't documented that Ruth was in the field crying. She was moping around. She was walking and she was walking down, crumbling on the floor. No. Her faith, she seemed very level-headed and very st- steady in her hope and her faith the entire story. Number two, we see that Ruth was flexible. The thing is, what you must notice about Ruth is, she would mar- she was, first of all, she was married to this man for 10 years. So 10 years, she ain't had no kids with this man, right? Cool. But not only that, when you're married for someone for 10 years, you'd be like, okay, cool, we can be married for the rest of our life. Then all of a sudden, he dies, and now I don't have any kids? Like, you have to realize that normally when you get married, like I said, you'll f- you feel like you're in it for life. You expect to grow old with this person. You expect to live life with this person. You expect to have two and a half kids with this person. But all of a sudden now, whatever Ruth's plan was, we don't know what it was. But whatever that was, I'm sure it was shaken. She was very caught off guard by the death of her husband and also finding herself not having kids at this current season. You know what I mean? So I feel like she had to be flexible in her transition as she now only leave. Now she got to leave her Moabite land and go with Naomi and do all these different things that she has never done before. You never know. Ruth probably was a very stay-at-home. I don't know Ruth's story before then, but I feel like Ruth was a stay-at-home mother. Sorry, stay-at-home wife. And now she in the fields working hard. So I feel like Ruth had to be flexible, or like really flexible. And that is something we should do as single women. We should really be flexible as single women. Like I feel like when people like are hardcore, like set in stone and stubborn. And nobody can want, I mean, like I said, we're not focusing on the marriage part, but I mean, like, if a man was to meet you and you, like, stubborn, like, come on, they could be like, all right, let me go, let me go back to my life, because this woman here is scary. But anyway, point number three, we see that Ruth was a loyal friend. I think it is so beautiful when women use their season of singleness to really blossom in their friendships. I feel like when I look at a woman and she's single... She has like 10 friends or five friends or how, like when she, when you really see that she invests in her friendship, I think that is inspiring. And I try to do that in my life. I feel like as women, and as we can see from Ruth, the way she was dedicated, dedicated or loyal to Naomi, um, we need to be better friends because the thing is when you are a wife, you know what you are? You're your husband's friend. Okay. Love. First of all, after a while, a little spark y'all had in the beginning, it might not last very long. So at the end of the thing, you want to fall back. You want to laugh with this person. You want to be able to go on walks with the person and talk about absolutely nothing. You want to can't wait to go home to this person just to give them a hug and just to, um, what's it called? And watch some random show that's not even that good, but it's the fact that you're spending time with said person. But you know how you get to that point? You get to that point by being a good friend um, in your friendships before you're married. If you suck at being a friend now, honey... When you get married, you probably will not make a good friend to your husband, okay? Because you won't know how to compromise. You won't know how to carry out a conversation. You won't know how to, like, talk about things that are, like, bothering you, address conflicts. Because in your friendships, you never did it. And I mean, yes, there is a learning curve for sure. And your husband might be very patient. And y'all may learn together, which is great, which is admirable, really. And I her highly encourage it because I know my husband probably have to teach me a lot of things. Because like I said, they should not only know how to be single. I only know. But at the same time, there's certain things he won't have to teach me because I'm going to be like, yeah, I know how to be a good friend. I know how to be a good daughter. I know how to be a good um, sister. But at those, like I said, but a loyal friend... I feel like as a loyal, you build on all the relationships of your life, okay? If you see yourself in every relationship you have at work, 
in your, your, your house, your mom, your dad, every relationship you have, the relationship with your sister, you think you, there's always some conflict. You have to address that before you go into a marriage because guess what? Marriage only a magnet, ma- mag- magnifies, what I say? magnifies what is already there. So like you say, you have five people in your life and you, you are at war with all five of them. And you say, yeah, when I get married, me and my husband will never argue. Let me tell let me first of all to tell you, that is not accurate. You and that man will argue because simply because there's something within you that needs to be worked out. It might simply be, you get offended too easily. It might simply be like, you have a hard time extending grace. It might simply be like, you have a hard time um, um, have it like forgiving others. But at the same time, you need to address those things right now. So be, I, I, I encourage you to be a loyal friend and be a committed friend and be a, what's the word I like to use? Um, a friend, uh, I can't remember, but anyway, be a friend that really uh, you're after the fact that you're, you're pursuing this friendship in the way you would pursue like, and really be like on your husband. You want to love on your friend. You want to show them that you care for them. That This relationship is important to you because those characteristics that you learn, those skills that you develop, those things, those adventures you go on, they're going to make you better for when you are married. That was a lot. But one, two, three, four. Point number four, we see that Ruth was humble and selfless. Okay. The thing is a lot of us, we can't, if, if some, if our world was to crumble right now, we ain't going to no field to pick nothing. We ain't going to pick nothing out the grass. But I want to tell you something. It's good to remember that, or good to like, just take note of like, if, if you were to lose everything right now, honey, you need humility to go out there and do certain things, okay? You need humility and friendship. You need humility at work. I always, I told her this before, but I said, I think the best thing we can do is really serve. And we're going to get into how Ruth served um, later on. But I feel like when, when you're in a, a posture of humility, I think that elevates you to be greater. Nobody likes anyone who's proud. Because if, was if Ruth had said, I'm going out there to pick nothing, she would have not had the descendant of... Um, Sorry, the pre, pre, anyway, she would have not had her kid. She would have not met Boaz because she would have been too proud sitting at home telling Naomi, Naomi, I'm so sorry. I was a stay at home wife. I don't know if that Ruth was a stay at home wife, but that's what I'm going to say she was. I was a stay at home wife. I'm going out there to pick nothing. You go pick it or you find someone else to pick it. I'm going to sit here and I'm going to look at the wall. Okay. Ruth wasn't that type of girl. She was very humble. And we see her, we see that character throughout the way she just interacts with Naomi and how she interacts with Boaz. We really see it displayed throughout the story, her humility. And like I said, I think in a marriage, especially humility is very important. You spend, you look at this person's face every day. They see you at your best. They see you at your worst. Some days they are your biggest supporter. Some days it feels like they are your worst enemy. But throughout all of that, if you have humility, I think y'all can get through it, whatever. And to think of, I feel like ego kills all relationships, friendships, marriages. I think when you have a, a big ego, honey, I don't know what, a pride. Oh my gosh. Pro, let me, anyway, this is not a topic of pride. I'm a t- I need to write that down to talk about later, but I think pride kills so many relationships and not relationships just like, oh, woman and man. Like, I mean like friendships, mom and dad, um, mom and sister, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like when you don't have pride, you really, you really immediately, when you put your pride up, you build a wall and you say, honey, 
I don't care, but nothing you have to say. I am right. You are wrong. Go where you need to go. That's exactly what pride says. But when you have humility, you come with a posture of this is an issue. We need to fix it together. Okay. This is an issue. Can I hear your side? Can we address your concern? Can we then address mine? But if both of y'all, can you imagine two people coming together in humility saying, okay, we're angry or we have this issue. Let's resolve it together. And I want to hear what I did to offend you. Y'all can solve that. Y'all will solve it because y'all are coming together with a common goal. But then you have pride. You ain't hearing nothing when nobody has to say. All you know is you are right and you stick into that. And most people who have a pride issue, they're normally wrong. <laughs> but anyway, like I said, I ain't getting into that today. Moving on. Ruth was hard working. This goes into, like I said, she was in the fields working extremely hard. Okay. And that's when Boaz noticed. I was like, oh my gosh, who's that? You know, she was working hard. She didn't expect any favoritism. She didn't expect any handouts. She, I think they said she worked and took no breaks. She was hard working as women, whatever you do, do it as unto the Lord, do it to the best of your abilities, shine bright whenever you can be a reflection of Christ. Whenever you can laziness shouldn't, when people look at you, they should think they laziness should not even be a word that they would up, that they would say in your presence because they're like this person, Emily is so hard working. That's all we know her for. She's a good worker because when you're a good worker, your name will be called out and people will want to work with you. People will want to interact with you. People will want to be drawn to you because they're like, you know what? When I bring on board this task, um, it's going to be great. Like she's going to shine through it. But not only that, I feel like being hardworking, it really not distracts you, but you're so passionate or so purposed or so um, looking at you're so... Um, Oh, what's, why are words hard for me today? I feel like words are hard for me most days, but especially today, words are hard. But when you're hardworking, you're so focused on your goals, you don't have time to be sad about not being in a relationship. And I'm not saying be some, like, women so, woman so focused on her career, like, you don't have time for men. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying is when you find, the, when you know the purpose God has given you and you begin to work on that and cultivate those skills and really hone in on them, you begin to become happier and filled because you're walking in God's calling for you. And the more you walk in God's calling for you, you realize one of my favorite scriptures, no good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. When you're walking and being hardworking and being obedient to the thing or to the task that God has given you, there's just something special about that. And the way the Holy Spirit really sits with you I feel like you just, you're just at peace. I think that's the best way to put it. You're at peace with knowing that you don't have to be worried about where your husband is. You don't have to be worried about when you're getting married. You don't have to be worried about those things because you know that you are meant, you're doing what God told you to do last. And you know that you're walking in your calling and you are filled. You have joy, unexplainable peace. But at the same time, when everyone else fretting or everyone else worried or everyone else dating Joe, Jack and Jill, you're, you're good. And you're like, homie, I'm good because I know the way God has aligned my steps and I know the way my plan is already written. I'm good. And my husband is out there and he's working on his passions and I'm working on mine. And when we meet, we meet, you know? So I hope that encourages you today to be hardworking. We see that Ruth was brave. And um, this goes, I feel like this goes to show like Dejanel is not that brave. I'm brave, but not in this aspect because... um. And 
anyway, I, I feel like I did these out of, out of order, but hopefully y'all know the story. And I always tell y'all, please go and read it. But we see that Ruth was brave in the sense that if you don't know the whole story, just know that Naomi told Ruth to go and lay at Boaz's feet after he had, after he like had his meal or whatever was going to sleep, right? So that means Ruth, this is, I feel like back in the day, this was the form of shooting your shot. I'm sorry, but if somebody tell me right now, shoot my shot with a guy I like, I'm not doing it. <laughs> let me like, like I said, let me put a star on the side of this one so I can remember to go back and read the scripture because Deshanel is not doing it. But I want you to be inspired. Don't worry about what Deshanel is doing it. Don't worry what is doing. Uh, obviously, Deshanel is single. And if you want to be married, you know, listen to what I'm saying right now. But don't do as I do, do as I say. Anyway, I'm just joking. But um, Ruth, she was brave and she did it. She was like, if I get rejected, too bad, too sad. I'm going to be obedient to what um, Naomi said. But I'm going to be brave because I don't know. I don't know what's at the end of this, of this obedience. And how will I find that out if I don't be brave and go and do it? I'm sure her heart was racing. I'm sure she, she was kind of anxious. But at the same time, her feet moved and she did exactly what Naomi said so be brave be bold and courageous like they like the bible tells us in Joshua the um the the god did not give us a spirit of fear and like i said yeah Dejana is very scary but at the same time there's going to be certain times when you just have to pray that the holy spirit equip you to walk into that calling and when i say be brave i'm not necessarily talking about be brave and like shooting your shot that's not what i'm saying i'm saying be brave and take new adventures be brave at work be brave in your friendships be brave at addressing concerns be brave at standing up for others be brave at um to when people are gossiping maybe you'd be the one to say man maybe we shouldn't be doing that you know be brave on your daily walk throughout life because like i said we are not to we are not meant to just um just lie down and just let anything pass us by until we're married then all of a sudden all of these wonderful skills just magically as soon as you say i do you just magically become a proverbs 31st woman that's not how this works these skills are developed by you number one being filled with the holy spirit but also establishing them every day in your walk with God, letting him lead and guide you. When he puts you in certain situations, you're able to see, you're able to like, be like, okay, God, how do I deal with this? And he shows you and you learn. And as you learn and you grow, by the time you do get married, you're like, man, I really deal with this like a thousand times. I got you. I got us. Don't worry. But like I said, you're not going to say I do. And all of the wisdom of the 400 women that were married in your family before you just come on you. No, I'm sorry. That's not how it works. You learn these skills by developing them over time. So be brave, strong, and courageous. Ruth was patient and tolerant. If you don't know, um, Naomi was very dramatic. Now, I'm not going to judge Naomi because if y'all don't get the idea, I'm also very dramatic. Um, so I'm not judging her, but she was like, oh, my name is not Naomi. My name is Mara. I am sad. I am bitter. So I'm sure Naomi had to like really, she, she, they know the story never told us that she judged Naomi. She was literally just there really like supporting her mother-in-law, dealing with her mother-in-law, loving her mother-in-law, serving her mother-in-law. So she was patient and tolerant and being patient is very hard for a lot of us. So I want to encourage you today start developing that from now because most of the time when you get married you become a, a mom and i don't know about y'all but um i sometimes i even forget little kids exist because they you know when you you go to college 
and now I'm living at home and I work from home a lot. So normally I only see kids on a Sunday. And to me now it's even a lot more than when I was in college. When I was in college, I never saw kids. So I forgot like kids existed in the world. And I would see a child somewhere and I'd be like, oh my gosh, little people. Oh my goodness, a little person. Simply because, like I said, I was only around people my age for so long living in that bubble. But it's like, um, like I said, you develop patience within these friendships, within these relationships that you have throughout life. Um, and when you do have these kids, you're not yelling at them or, uh, or dealing with them at a, like a, in an unreasonable way. You're a mother, you're a, you're, you're a father that really can be patient with your kids, be patient with your wife or your husband, but you you learn to walk in that and be patient with the way you deal with others on a daily basis and the way you show people Jesus on a daily basis from when you were, whenever to when you get married or throughout life, okay? Like I said, you don't just wake up one day and you are the most patient person in the world. No, you wake up one day and you say, wow, and something happens that tests your patience and you deal with it in a patient manner. And you say, man, I surprised myself today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for filling me today. And then the next day something else happened and by the time you, you know, you're like, you know what? It's all gonna be okay. And you become a patient person by really um, establishing these traits through different things that happen through your life. But if every situation that comes your way, you never address it. You never ask the Holy Spirit to guide you. And you just, uh, you just go off on a person. By the time you get married, you will go off on your wife all the time. You will go off on your kids. You will go off on them. You will go off on everybody. But if you start to practice from now, if you realize that that is something, that is a heart issue that you need to deal with. Let me tell you this, and I hope y'all don't think I'm judging y'all. I hope y'all are not one of these people. But people with road rage, y'all scare me. I hope none of y'all listening to this have road rage. But let me tell you this. Why are we talking about patience? Let me tell you. Because I'm like, who are you mad at? Like, you're mad at a person in front of you. I get that they cut you off. I understand, right? I understand that they cut you off. But why take the time to let a person you will never see again in the world make you mad? Huh? Tell me. How does that make sense? I need you to answer me out loud. I can hear you. That's your answer? It's a bad one. If you have road rage, I am so sorry. Let me be the first one to tell you, you need to address that because I'm actually worried about you. Like anytime I drive with people who have road rage and I said, I'm not judging you, I'm worried about you. Because I'm like, why are you mad at this person? Like, yeah, I get that what they did was wrong, but you letting them affect your day? You letting this person in the front of you affect, you will never see them again. So like I said, it's simple things like that that you need to address in your season of singleness. People look at road rage and they're like, ah, and they laugh it off. Let me be the first to tell you, I can't stop saying let me be the first to tell you because I'm probably not. But I'm like, you need to let road rage go, honey, because that is a hard issue and that stems from something, some other anger issue, and that's only going to grow and get worse. That's not cute. I don't know why people think that's cute and akikiki. I don't think it's cute. I'm worried about every person that has road rage. I'm actually worried. Like, I'm just like, y'all... Wow, don't let them get you angry. It's not worth it. Like I said, you'll never see that person again. Just when people cut me off in a road, I chuckle. I said, mm, glad we both made it out of this. Hey, good to see you, bud. Come on, keep going. You have a nice day, you know? Just know, just know your guardian angels got you. Think let nothing happen to you. You driving and they're like, Dishna, I got you. And I'm like, yeah, I know you do. You know, so take it easy and just be like, just thank them. Just thank the Lord. Say, Lord, I thank you for keeping us safe and not letting us 
that person crashed, but you know. Um, she was strong in faith. We see that she said, um, I will go where you go. I will stay where you stay. When you move, I'll move. I will follow. We know the song. We know the song. We know the verse. But Ruth was strong in faith. Um, being, like I said, this is another thing. Takes developing over time. Um, I'm always, and I feel like when you, to get strong in faith, in faith be sure to reflect. Take time to reflect. And I'm not saying every day get up and reflect, but I love to reflect on just life, especially like when I'm happy. I'm like, what was I doing? Like sometimes in worship even, I'll just be like, wow, where was I last um, Last time I was here, like what was I doing? And I remember to thank God because I'm like, I remember when I was there last year, but look where I am now. But you know what? Faith, it builds. I feel like you get stronger. And what I love about my life is that I see God's hand in the way it really, he really gave me certain things, like small, small things or things that seemed really big at that time. But it was, it was something I could pray, something little day she could handle. And I prayed about it. I saw him work and I got a little stronger in my faith. And he gave me something a little bigger. I prayed about it. I saw him work. I, you know what I mean? So it's like, now, let me tell you, I might, might, I have a, like, I said the peace because I'm just like, it is what it is. I know that God's got me. I know his hand is on my life. I know he's my provider. I know he's my protector. I know he's my comforter. I know that he has a plan with my name on it. I know he created me to be something great. I know that he loves me. I know that he's put people around me that love him. And I know once I bring him into every situation, he is going to rock my world. So why am I stressed? Why are you stressed? And you know how you become a strong, faith-filled wife or a strong, faith-filled husband? You develop those things right now. We all face issues. And the thing is, small or big, large or skinny, fat, you all get the idea. But just know that you can take that to God. Every situation, take it to God, okay? Because like I said, those are the things that really help us develop and become really great. Ooh, this is getting longer than I wanted to do. Um, like I said, I mentioned this earlier, but Ruth was obedient and submissive when she said, I will go where you want to go. But also with her listening to Naomi and going to uh, lay down at Boaz's feet because she didn't have to do that. Um, we saw that Ruth served and the Bible also mentioned Oh, we saw the way that she was kind, okay? And we also saw, like I mentioned this earlier, but she was a good friend. Um, like, I'm speeding these up because I realized I was ranting on for a long time and I don't want this to hit 30, oh, it's gonna hit 30 minutes, wow. Um, but like, Ruth was someone we really can admire and that was a lot of things we can learn, but I'm gonna, re I'm gonna reiterate them again. Ruth never lost hope. She was flexible. She was a loyal friend. She was humble and selfish selfless sorry she was hardworking. she was brave she was patient and tolerant she was strong in faith she was obedient she was she was kind and she served now action steps for us to do as we listen to all of those wonderful things that ruth did as she was like waiting not waiting on boaz but before she even knew she was gonna get boaz what she was just doing in her season of singleness, what we can imitate. But these are some action steps I want to give to you. Number one, I want you to I want you to separate yourself from the things that are not of God. 
when Ruth left the Moabite world, she was removing those worldly things. She was saying to the Lord, God, you are in control. God, I surrender my life to you. God, I'm walking towards you. God, I'm looking towards you. God, my eyes are on you. I'm fixed. I'm hooked on all things. You, Lord, you are the Lord of my life and I submit to your sovereignty. That's what Ruth was saying. And I encourage you to this day to leave the things of this world behind in your season of singleness. Because when you become a godly wife or when you become that Proverbs 31st woman, that, that woman that your husband can not only be proud of, but a, a wife you can be proud of. And you know that you learned those skills through your season of singleness. So I encourage you to really pursue God during your season of singleness. Because it only gets hard in marriage. Because now you, gotta, you got this man to worry about. You got your kids to worry about. You got so many things to worry about, including work. But right now, in your season of singleness, you got you and you alone to focus on. So just submit to your, submit your will. No, submit to God's will. Wow, words are hard today. Um, number two, take on new challenges. Okay? I sure it was a challenge for Ruth to leave and do all these things and work in the field. Like, those were challenges. Take on new and exciting challenges. When someone in this season of singleness... Say yes more, okay? I'm not saying like go all out and say yes to everything, but say yes more. Pray about it, of course. But I feel like the sing- your season of singleness is your time to really say yes and figure out what you like and what you don't like. But challenge yourself. Stretch a little, okay? Stretch a little. Never be comfortable. I feel like in a season of singleness, don't get too comfortable. Don't do that. Don't do that. Number three, serve. I told you about this before. Serve, serve, serve. Serve the Lord. Serve your family. Serve your friends. Serve, serve, serve. Serve at work. Just serve. Four, get a godly mentor. Um, like we can see Naomi was kind of this to Ruth. Like she was able to tell her like, go and lay at Boaz's feet. Go and work at the field. Go and do this. But she had a person who she could really listen to, who could be like, who she, who could, who she could confide in or who could give her words of advice, who could be wisdom to her so have a good and godly mentor number five expect that everything is taken care of because it is you're a child of god and he will never leave you nor forsake nor forsake you but also like i told you no good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly so just know that everything's already taken care of and yes challenges will arise like i said ruth lost her husband and she now went from being a stay-at-home wife to working in a field I mean, life really was turned upside down. I would have been on the ground crying. But, <laughs> but Ruth didn't let that get her down because she kind of knew that everything was going to be taken care of. She was just working. She was like, I'm going to work. I'm going to do what I need to do. Number six, and this is our last one, but surround your friend with great Christian women. In the story, and I missed this. Like, I missed it. When I say I missed this a lot of times, a lot of times, but in the story, it says that Ruth worked with the other women, closely with the other women in Boaz's field, okay? I think that should tell us that Ruth was surrounded. She had friends, okay? Because normally when you work close with women, you become their friend. So surround yourself with good friendship. Join a small group. Um, for those in the Bahamas, join a dance group. Like, you know, join a ministry. Always have women around you that uplift you, that... Um, that motivate you to be better, that inspire you to be better, that elevate you to be better, that push you towards your dream. 
women you can grab lunch with, women you could just be girly with, have girls' days, have spa days, go on walks with, women of substance that really, really are pursuing Christ with their whole heart, women who love the Lord. I can't stress that enough because when your back hits the wall, whether you married or not, you need people to be praying for you. And I'm sorry, but I want my friends to be able to gather around me and really uplift me in prayers if need be. Oh, honestly, all the time. If you listen to this, most likely you're a friend of mine. I hope y'all be praying for me. I hope so. And I love a good prayer. I love a good prayer. Finally, that's a wrap. Guys, this was long. I think this is my longest one yet. But like I said, I love talking about singleness. Simply because I feel like everybody who talks about singleness is always like, oh my gosh, just wait. Your time is coming. I'm like, mean, yeah, it is. But at the same time, just know that you are in a beautiful, beautiful place in your life. A place where you can really, really, really shine. You can really elevate yourself. You can pursue all of your passions. You can be the best version of you you can be. This is your time to shine. Your time to pursue Christ. Your time to grow closer to him. Your time to become the best you you can be. So utilize it. Take full advantage of it. And I'm rooting for you. You're going to be one great. You're going to be one good looking wife. Not only that. You'll be one good look. You'll be one good wife. And if you're a guy, you could be one handsome husband. I mean, jaws on the floor. I mean, come on, somebody. But anyway, all that to say, thank you so much for listening. I love you. I love you. I love you. Have the best week. See you best week. Love you. Bye.